players. It is your perpetual player one, Dan. And this is a really interesting series of episodes. Actually, it's our first major like block of episodes because today we're going to be doing a retrospective on the entirety of the Kingdom Hearts saga. And oh boy, there's a lot to cover. But so I'm going to need some help with this one. So introduce yourself, person that is going to be talking to me here for the next four episodes. <laughs> Hi guys! It's a familiar fa voice. <laughs> familiar face. Yeah, as as if they could see my face right now. They could have before. I know. So, anyways, <laughs> who <Yes>. are you? <laughs> Sorry. Um, it's been a while since I've done this, so I'm just like, oh, okay. I actually have to like talk. Okay. Um. So it is Yagril, <laughs> to love a Aruru or Amoeba. Actually, no. Um. Side note, so um, since people can't pronounce my name, my guest streamer name properly, mm -hmm. you could pronounce it as Maobia, and you'll spell it right every single time. Okay. Maobia. Mm. For the sake of the podcast, though, I'm going to be referring to you as Alma because that's how I know you as, so. Know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we uh, both are familiar with the Kingdom Hearts series, um, and... Okay, so I'm gonna, we're just going to go over our personal history with the series. Mm -hmm. So uh, I started, I was first exposed to Kingdom Hearts when I was roughly, I think I want to say I was like 9 or 11. Because uh, I was at my cousin's house, he had a PS2, and he was playing, he was playing this weird anime looking game. But then I see Mickey and um, Donald and Goofy, like, what, what is this? So it wasn't until much later that I realized, oh, this is a game called Kingdom Hearts. And it's basically... Uh, Disney meets Final Fantasy and I thought 11 year old me thought whoa this is everything I know in life hence it's everything I ever wanted and immediately it was like my number one on my Christmas please give me this game list and I've been following the games ever since um, uh, from the you know the actual PS2 games to the multitude of handheld titles and I was there during that dark period of waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> what about you, Alma? Oh man, see, like, it's wild because um, when the game, when the game series, like when the first Kingdom Hearts came out, like I believe it was like in 20, uh, 2002. For, yeah, for America, 2002. Yeah, so I was 11 at that time, okay? But I was, because my family was military, like I wasn't, in the United States so I had no idea what Kingdom Hearts was I mean like I knew of it because I had some friends that would like use like Kingdom Hearts reference like there was this guy that I was like back um what you call it it was like in uh back when I was um a freshman in high school mm -hmm. like that's when I started to like know about it so around like what 20 uh or 2000 what is it uh, seven, mm -hmm. I think. Man, I don't remember, but early, like early two thousands or mid two thousands. So, um, so I knew like of it. Like there was this guy that I was seeing at the seeing or not. Maybe we we liked each other, <laughs> kind of. I guess I don't know. It's wild. That's a different story. But anyways, like I knew of it because he would always send me like you know Kingdom Hearts quotes and blah blah. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. He would always tell me that I was his Kyrie, and I was like, okay, cool, whatever. I have no idea what this means, but fuck it, whatever. What a dork. I know, right? What a fucking weirdo. <laughs> so, nah, nah, I'm serious. Nice <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, but um, just keep in mind that like 
my video game history typically just centers around like Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mario, Pokemon, all that stuff. Like I have a soft spot for Nintendo. So you didn't really grow up with a PlayStation? No, I never grew up with a PlayStation. My the only console, like the only uh, PlayStation console that I that I own is the PlayStation 4, which was my very first PlayStation. Wow. And then um, I have a Vita. So I came in pretty late to the game, obviously. Super late. Yes. But um, my actual first interaction, and like I've talked about this before, like in past mm-hmm. uh, past podcasts, past Twitch streams and whatnot, when Kingdom Hearts was mentioned, like I was, um, what is it? Uh, I was 17 and I was uh, a senior um, in high school. Um, the guy that I was uh, that I was dating at the time, like he was super duper obsessed with it. And um, being like a senior in high school, I was already past my anime weeby stages because I mean I lived in Japan and I was like I was a massive weeb. Oh my god! Like I want I hate myself. <laughs> like I hate. <laughs> no myself. one likes themselves when they were. <laughs> God, it was, high school. it was terrible it was awful and being in japan were were like anime central like it was it was the worst so um <laughs> so like uh when i came back from japan and started school here like the guy that i was uh dating like uh, he like i said he was like super duper into um kingdom hearts and i think at this time uh 358 over two days uh came out like on the ds i believe yeah so it was around that time so he wanted so he wanted me to play like kingdom hearts you know one and two and like you know try to get into it and whatnot um i mean i've played a little bit of chain of memories but you know i just i just didn't get it because of the card system and so like he let me borrow his like PlayStation 2 to go play Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 um and that was that was interesting (laughs) to say the least like how so why because like playing a 2002 game in 2009 like it did not age well like I mean I was I was older like I was trying to like not be so weeby Mm. you know it was cringy so like playing through this game was like or through kingdom hearts one like was really 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 cringy and like i don't know like i was i was just one of those people that that hated what was popular i was one of yeah you're a country you're a contrarian yeah sure (laughs) read a book people i know (laughs) whoops but yeah like um and like at the time, um, what you call it? Like I, w- I was really into like the deep psychological stuff, and like one of my favorite games was like Tales of Symphonia, and like I always compare like. Wow, other- and you were worried about being too weedy? Seriously? I know, right? But see, like there's there's a difference. Like Tales of Symphonia <laughs> was like really deep and thought provoking, and like it dealt with like serious issues like race, um, social status. And, like, all this other, like, social stuff that, like, that no other game, like, still to this day, like, it just doesn't, you know, it just, it just can't compare. But, like, um, whatchamacallit, um, because, like, because I was dating him and, like, I loved him at the time, like, I, I decided to play it. And I was like, okay, cool. And, like, I played it and then I got to, and I got, like, pretty far 
until like that very end and we'll talk about this like mm-hmm. you know but there's just this one part that always sticks with me and like i will never ever forget it it's where riku points at sora and he's on like Kyrie's heart is in you sora and that was it like i just could not for the life of me could not get past it i just i just couldn't like like i sat there i remember sitting there with the controller and i was just i was just shocked i was like did he just really say that like just no amount of like just no amount of seriousness like afterwards could have saved this game <laughs> you know like it was it was just so cheesy and like it was it was wild and i just couldn't like i really really couldn't and like surprisingly ever since i stopped playing kingdom hearts 1 for mm-hmm. like the next 10 years until like in like yeah for the next 10 years up wow. until like recently i was never spoiled this whole time, you 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 didn't play a single Kingdom Hearts game, and yet you remained unspoiled. Yeah, I remained unspoiled. I mean, like I under like I mean, like there was some like I I mean I some spoilers, I guess. It's all like oh, Organization Thirteen, like all their names have X's in them, but if you take out the X, then it shows their real name. And I was like, I guess it was like kind of like little stuff like that, you know. But like. But, like, I didn't know who Roxas was. I didn't know um, who Namine was. Like, I didn't know why they were so important. I just knew that they were characters. Mm -hmm. And then, like, I never understood the concept of nobodies or, like... I imagine, like, outside of the... Like, knowing the context of the game, this must sound like total gibberish. It it was. It was total gibberish. And I just... At the time, like, I just didn't care. And, like, (laughs) unfortunately, like, back then, like, I was really vocal about, like, you know, not liking Kingdom Hearts. Just as much as, like, you know, uh, like, I was really vocal about hating Sword Art Online. Like, that's how ba- that's how much I did not like the so game. So clearly I found the right person to talk on this podcast about I Kingdom know, Hearts. Right? But see, <laughs> but see I, am the per- I am the perfect person. And you want to know why? Why? Because after playing the entire series... Like, oh, wait, wait, wait. You played through the entire series? How recent was this? This was actually the end of last year. So it's actually been a, like, a couple months. So you no, binge so, played. So, yeah, I binge played. And the reason being is because because um, the guy that I'm dating now is also really big into Kingdom Hearts, and he told me you just can't get away from them. Can I know. You? I just, I just really can't. Like, like all these people that I like, I date, like, just really like Kingdom Hearts. I'm like, I guess, but no, for real. Like, he really, really likes Kingdom Hearts because he grew up with it. So he he said, well, they came out with 1.5 and 2.5 and they're like they're remasters of like the original, so you should go ahead and play it. Give it on a shot. Again. Yeah, exactly. He's like, you know, I'll play with you. Just give it an honest try. Like, get through the first one. Get through, you know, Chain of Memories. And then from there, I promise you, it will get better. And he was right. No. So, so you're now back you're you're now a fan of it. Now. Yes, now I'm a fan and I understand why. I mean that still doesn't mean that I'm not I'm still not a huge fan of the first one, but I mean I understand. You understand the love of it. Yes, I understand the love of it. And to be fair, like me and the current boyfriend, we were talking about like why the first one is 
plays the way it does. But we'll get into that with um with um our retrospect. So yeah, that's our history with the Kingdom Hearts series. Um, let me just give you guys an outline of how we're gonna be structuring this. So these this retrospective is gonna last about four episodes. And each episode is basically going to be the different collections. So episode one here, we're going to be talking about one, Chain of Memories, 358 over two days. And in episode two, we'll be talking about two, Birth by Sleep, and what's also in 2.5? Um, Recoded. Re yeah, Recoded. And episode three is going to be 2.8. Man, I can't wait to talk about this naming conventions. Yeah, 2.8. Uh, <laughs> uh, which is Dream Drop Distance, Birth by Sleep, a Fragmentary Passage. And, um... And Kai... Uh, um, Union Cross, Union, Union Cross. Cross, or back cover, whatever. Yeah, what the, the mobile game stuff. Yes. <laughs> and finally, we're gonna end it all with a big anticipation, and we promise we won't make we won't make you wait ten years for this. Our uh, retrospective on Kingdom Hearts three, which came mm -hmm. out this year. Yeah, and oh, then, so of this year, twenty nineteen. And then at the uh, at when we're talking about Kingdom Hearts three at the end of that, we're also going to be talking about like our thoughts on like what like what could be the plot of like the spin-off game future, yeah. and like kingdom hearts 4 yeah. because they did say that they're making one more spin-off game and mm -hmm. then kingdom hearts 4. Mm -hmm. so with that being said let's uh, go ahead and cue the music you're now going to be hearing simple and clean the intro song from kingdom hearts 1 and when we get back you'll be we'll be talking about kingdom hearts where it all started where it was so simple not so clean oh i'm oh. not proud of that i'm not proud of that <laughs> all right That song, though, I'm not gonna lie. I can still hear the song, and I still just think it slaps. It's a super good it intro song. It is. It is a really good song. And to be honest, like I understand why so many people think it's so nostalgic. And like I could just, I could just vision the ending of Kingdom Hearts One in my head, where like, where like Sora and Kyrie like, yeah. like hold hands and then they just... we'll get that. We'll get to there though. We're gonna get to that. Okay, okay. But first, like I wanna like talk. Let me just say something about the song, like. That, I still find it hard to really understand how the song links to the games in general, though, because as far as I'm concerned, it's just pretty sounding. I don't really understand how it, like, you're giving me too many things lately, and I'm like, how is this related to Sora? Who's, who, whose perspective is this song from? I think it's from our perspective. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, like... Simple and clean is the way you're making me feel. Yeah, sure, let's go with that. He's like, yeah, sure, okay. All right, so Kingdom Hearts two, uh, Kingdom Hearts one came out in America. We're gonna talk about American release in September of twenty, ah, twenty o two. And uh, I, that, I know, right? right? Yeah, 2002, Okay, two thousand two, nearly seventeen years ago Jesus this year. Christ. Holy crap! Where was uh, where was Alma around this time? Oh man, I think I was um, I think I was overseas because I was a, I believe eleven or ten at the time. Mm. So what what uh, what grade is that typically? If you were ten, I think it's like reaching the end of like middle school. Middle school. Like starting middle school, I think. Mm, let's see. So that means I could be in one of two places. I could either be in California starting 
sixth grade because um I went to school a year early. So mm-hmm. when I was ten, um I was always the youngest person in my class. Mm-hmm. So I think it was either sixth grade, um I was in California, or in seventh grade I was um here in um Vegas. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Um yeah, I believe I was here in Vegas for middle school. And I was already here in Vegas also. And um, like I said, I was, I guess I was 12 at the time now that I'm doing the math. And yeah, this was like the perfect time to be exposed to this um, this type of J- JRPG meets Disney epic story that doesn't fully make sense. But I, as teenage Daniel loved it. He ate it up. Oh, yeah. See, like... Um... At the time, like, I was kind of like a closet weave because I didn't have a lot of friends that were really into anime. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I went to the library, read a bunch of manga. Mm-hmm. I was really into, like, the the Winx Club. Um, with that that, uh, that book series, which um, there was a lot of... Um, I was more into, like, the high fantasy type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my best friend, um, who's still one of my best friends uh, till this day... Um, she was really into uh, Lord of the Rings and Star Wars um, because that's, I mean, it was Lord of the Rings and Star Wars. And we used to, uh, we used to talk about like how Lord of the Rings was really cool. I never really understood Lord of the Rings, Mm -hmm. but like she did and she loved it. She really loved Legolas Mm -hmm. and that's how I always remember. Mm and I think it was also during that time, I was kind of into, like, Gaia Online and, like, RPing and whatnot. So, I didn't really do a lot of, um, what is it, like, um, a lot of anime stuff. It wasn't until, like, uh, high school that's when I started. Hmm. Let's talk about the development of Kingdom Hearts. So the idea of Kingdom Hearts really started between uh, two people, Shinji Hashimoto and Hironu Sakaguchi about Super Mario 64. Mm-hmm. They wanted to make a game with that similar freedom of movement in, three, in 3D, but they kind of talked about how you know, the only characters that can rival Mario in terms of popularity that would sell was Disney. That's so wild. And a little per a, a person known as Tetsuya Nomura, you know, volunteered to lead the project, and the two producers agreed to lend direct. Mm-hmm. And it was because of a chance meeting between Hashimoto and a Disney executive in an elevator, and that's where the famous pitch happened. That's... Because they worked in the same building in Japan. That's actually pretty wild. Um, I also heard uh some what you call it. Um, the current boyfriend also told me that Kingdom Hearts was actually an experiment. Experiment. Mm-hmm. Like the the reason why it's like it was made the way it was is because they didn't know if it was going to sell or not, mm-hmm. you know. And then when it blew up, they're like, "Oh shit, we actually gotta refine the plot." <laughs> yeah, um, Bob Bob Iger, the head of Disney at the time, gave him the blessing to use the franchises. They gave him very little restrictions. And Nomura in an interview said that the game was inspired by the Disney theme parks, particularly. Anime King, the Animal Kingdom. I don't have to say Anime Kingdom. That's a totally different world. <laughs> um, and then, which you know, they started talking about the themes of the story, like especially about hearts and things like that. And you know, Animal Kingdom hearts, Kingdom Hearts. I had no idea that that's how Kingdom Hearts came to be. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's talk about the plot of Kingdom Hearts. Oh boy! How do we? 
How do we even start this? Oh my gosh. Okay. So Kingdom so, Hearts is essentially the story of these three kids, Sora, Riku, and Kyrie. Mm-hmm. They grow up in Destiny Islands, which is this- well. They didn't grow up on Destiny. They grew uh, okay. So Destiny Islands is like an island off the shore of the mainland. Destiny Islands is a place where they play, mm-hmm. um, and then they live on the mainland. They they grew up on islands. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like they played there. They didn't really grow up there. See, I made that mistake. I made the mistake of thinking that they actually lived on the island, but no, it's just where all the like. The uh, mainland kids go mm-hmm. to play mm-hmm. um and so basically literally it's like this game starts off pretty anime-ish oh yeah it, it, like you it, have you have, a, you have a love triangle you have a goofy anime protagonist you have the serious friend and you have the one-dimensional love interest yeah i mean we'll, <laughs> we'll get into that we'll later. get into that but mm-hmm. hmm. and so it's just those three and then all of a sudden um, some, some shit happened. Actually, no. All of a sudden, because we're, it's basically a spoiler cast. Yes. So basically, um, all three of them are playing, and then all of a sudden, one night, Riku, like a, the dumbass he is at, at the time, uh, opens the door to darkness, okay? They don't, they don't realize what they just caused. Um, or Riku doesn't realize what he caused by opening that door. And so, all of a sudden... Uh, Sora's world is like engulfed in darkness and then he wakes up in like Traverse Town and that's where he meets Pluto, Donald, and uh, Goofy. Let's rewind a bit about that before we get to those, since now that you mentioned those characters. Meanwhile, in the kingdom, they never really gave it a real name, did they? It's just called the kingdom. What kingdom? Mickey's kingdom. Oh, it's a Disney castle. Disney castle. Literally Disney yeah. castle. <laughs> uh, dis- yeah. Oh, yeah, it is called Disney castle. Holy crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, Donald and Goofy find that King Mickey has gone missing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Your majesty. <laughs> yes. And Queen Minnie has given them the task of finding Mickey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, find him or else shit could go up wrong. Yeah, and the reason why Donald and Goofy are chosen is because you, you forget about this, but... Goofy is the head of the Knights nice. Guard, and Donald is one of the top uh, magicians because I think he yeah. studied under uh, he studied under like um, was it Yen Sid or Merlin? Yen, it might be. It might be Yen. Yen Sid, Sid was Mickey's master. Oh yeah. So, yeah. so but he studied under like under like a pre- uh, prestigious like magician. Yeah. But he's one of the top. Basically, Donald is, is is a good magician. Let's just yeah. say that. Mm-hmm. And they're joined by uh, Pluto and. Jiminy Cricket, I think. No, and, Jiminy Cricket doesn't come until later. Until later, okay. Yeah. Well, then, you know, they go and they go to Traverse Town because that was, like, their last clue to find Mickey. Yeah, because um, apparently, like, someone said that, um, oh, uh, Mickey is here in Traverse Town. And the thing is with Traverse Town is, like, apparently that's where all... Um, it houses everybody who has lost their home, mm-hmm. and you'll understand. Like you understand this later on as the game goes on, mm-hmm. that like there's different worlds and whatnot. And in order to keep the peace, like you you can't talk about other worlds or where you came from. So they find out that Mickey is left because there's been an increased number of attacks by the Heartless. Those are the hearts. Yes, literally, that's what it it's is. It's literally embodiment of darkness, mm-hmm. and. Okay, so just for the sake of ease, like, imagine hearts as it being the soul. Hearts is soul. Yeah. And, like, basically, it's what... It's like a power source, in a sense, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. 
So the Donald and Goofy, they find Sora. They find that he has a key, which is apparently a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> like, at first you don't realize that it's a big deal. But later on in the series, like, you, you realize it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, uh, you find out that uh, Mickey has a key. And then, well, like, so... Where am I going with this? God, man, I'm so confused. I know. <laughs> it's Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, I know. Like, it's really confusing. But then, like, um, so Sora, Donald, and Goofy, they meet up. And then, or no, this I, I believe this is what happens. Like, Sora goes somewhere, and then Donald and Goofy, like, fall from the sky or some shit. I forgot what they were doing, but they mm-hmm. fall from the sky, land on Sora. And they're like, oh, shit, what's going on, you know? And then, um, and Sora being Sora, he he's a good boy. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's also a little dumb too. He's the sort of being anime protagonist. Yeah, he makes friends. He makes friends with um He's shown into hell out of everyone. Basically. And then that's where you also meet um the Leon. Fi- the Final Fantasy characters. Yeah. You also you meet Leon, Aerith, um Yuffie, um Sid. Sid, yeah, you meet Sid. Um, so a lot of moogles. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The moogles are so cute. When I was um when I first streamed um Kingdom Hearts One, like mm-hmm. a long time ago. Not I mean not a long time ago, mm-hmm. but like um when I first started the series, mm-hmm. the moogles were so fucking cute. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to die because they mm-hmm. were so cute. And then they make the cute little noises of woo woo. And I'm mm-hmm. like <gasps> And so Sora teams up with Donald and Mickey. I mean, Donald and Goofy. Sorry, mm-hmm. there's too many characters in this game. Yeah. Uh, to find their friends, mm-hmm. and meanwhile they travel among different worlds. At the same time. Oh, this is my favorite. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about this part because this is. Oh my gosh. So at the at the time when um or at the same time where they're all in Traverse Town, where um Sora is like making a whole bunch of friends, Riku is with Maleficent, and they appear like um they're like watch they're like. Uh, watching like from the outside in mm-hmm. and like i have to rem- remind myself that sora Kyrie, and riku they're about the same age so they're like 11 like 11 12 okay so their minds are easily you know manipulated manip uh, yeah manipulated um maleficent yeah, but anyway, so Maleficent is basically telling um, Riku, oh, look, your best friend does not give a shit about you. What you gonna do about it, bitch? <laughs> like, Riku's all like, I don't care. I just want to do whatever, you know. It takes a fine Kyrie. Yeah, and I'm just like, really? Like, was it really that easy? So there we were introduced to our main antagonist of this game, at least. Yes. Maleficent and the other Disney villains, including Hades, Captain Hook. I think Boogie Woogie was one of yeah. them. Boogie Bo- Woogie. Oogie Boogie. Oogie, 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 Oogie Boogie. Boogie, sorry. Um, Ursula. Um, I think that's all of them. Yeah. Um. Oh, no. the qu- uh, mm. No, she wasn't one of the big villains. And... Oh, wait, I wonder if Sora's going to encounter their worlds. So let's talk about what worlds we see, the Disney part of the game. So Sora visits Wonderland, Olympus Coliseum, the Deep Jungle, Monstro from mm-hmm. P- from Pinocchio, mm-hmm. Atlantica, Halloween Town, 100 Acre Wood, and that's all of the Disney areas. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, are we, talk- we now going to talk about like uh, 
like the stages themselves because I have a lot to say. Um, and, yeah, you know what? We can just we can just talk about what we want to talk about because uh, honestly, it, basically the it, the story in every world is Sora finds characters from uh, each uh, from each Disney movie, helps them out with their problems, seals a keyhole. And move on to the next one. That's basically the plot of every world in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, and the reason why he has to seal, he has to like close the door. Mm. Um, no, yeah, the reason why he has to close the door is so that way Heartless don't start flowing yeah. in. And then it's like he's literally locking the door. Yeah, he's literally locking the door, like the world's door, mm. the no, the world's heart. Mm -hmm. So that way Heartless don't come in and take over the world. So yeah, that I, I don't want to go too in depth in each world story because honestly, there's like way too much of it. Yeah, and we only have so much time to record. And honestly, listener, only you have so much time while listening to us talk about each particular world. I know. But, so I mean, like we could uh, because like. I mean, we could talk about, like, the worlds as a whole because, mm -hmm. like, honestly, like, I have, like, because Kingdom Hearts 1 was not one of, was not my favorite. Like, mm -hmm. at, in the totem pole of, like, all the games, like, Kingdom Hearts 1 is, like, at the bottom. Mm -hmm. And the reason being is because, so, going through all of the levels, like, the levels seemed very repetitive and it was really bland. Like... Mm -hmm. Um, what you call it? Wonderland was definitely indicative of that, especially when you got to like the forest scenes. Yeah, and the thing was is that like with Kingdom Hearts One, one of the main issues that I had with it that I didn't realize until um, when I first started playing again is that the game forces you to search everywhere because if you just go straight through through to the story and like just do the story, you're going to be severely under leveled because you're. Because um, you have to look for certain things. Like, it forces you to do side quests rather than these side quests are optional. Mm -hmm. And that's and uh, that was one of my biggest complaints. Because um, when, um, what you call it? Uh, when my uh, when my boyfriend uh, came over to, like, you know, to play uh, Kingdom Hearts 1 and help me get through it. Because I was telling him, I was like, why is this so hard? Like, why can't I beat it? You know? I was like, I was just trying to get through the story so that way I could play the next one and just keep going and speed. Like, basically, I was trying to speed run it, you know? Well, not actually speed run, but, like, just, you know, just try to get through the story quickly. But then he looked at my level and looked at my gear, and he's all like, what are you doing? You are so underleveled. Like, at this time, you should be, like, because I was over halfway done with the game, and he was all like, you should at least be, like, in level, like, around, like, level 30 or so. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you doing? And I was, like, in level, like, 20. So Holy I was, like, crap. yeah, I was yeah. 10, like, I was 10 levels under. And he was all like, I, I was under-equipped, under-leveled, and I didn't have, like, you know, the good Keyblades. And he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know, I'm playing through the game. Like, and that's a problem. Like, if you're going to make a game, like, side quests, one should be optional. And I shouldn't have to be forced to stay in a world um, or stay in, a, like, one place to do, like, all these side quests when I want to see the main story. Yeah, you shouldn't feel the need to, like, continue after you beat a world story that can stay behind the grind. Mm -hmm. And also, like, there was really no clear direction on where I had to go. Oh, yeah. I have watched some of your streams. You got lost so many times. Yeah, it's like in Tartan Deep Woods. Like, I had no idea that I had to go inside the tent. There was no clear indication that I had to go in there. And, like, 
So I was wandering around trying to figure out what the F I was supposed to be doing. And this know? is you as a grown-ass woman. Yeah, and this is me as, like, a grown-ass woman. Like, I don't know if I was just stupid or, like, or something, but, like, I just did not know where to go. And then it only took, and I was, what you call it, and when I got through the level, like, the only reason why I got through the level was because by chance I accidentally, like, moved my, like, control stick towards the tent and I walked inside the, and I walked inside the tent. And then a cutscene happened. I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like, where was this? Like, the dialogue itself, like, because I was reading it and, like, the dialogue itself, if it's, like, if you're going through, like, a story, like, at least with the dialogue, it'll get... Like, it'll tell you which direction you're supposed to be going, you know? I just remember it telling me, oh, you're going to have to go to the campsite. And so I went to the campsite, no cutscene happened, and I was like, okay, like, where the fuck am I supposed to go now? Like, I was lost, like, like 90% of the time. And, and every, like, I guess every stage within the world, you know, like, going through, like, different, like, the, like, the different sections or the mm -hmm. different levels, like, it was... Like, it felt boring. Like, take Aladdin's world for a moment. Mm. Like, it felt like it felt a little bit restricted, and it felt kind of boring. Um, like, the level designs just were not there. It, it didn't... I think, right in retrospect, like, it didn't make me want to explore the world. Exactly. Like, I, like there was... There was no reason for me to do the side quest or actively look for other things mm -hmm. because, you know, like that was it. Like it was just there. And I remember this one scene where you're like, um, where you're in Aladdin's world. And then like, I think it was either Genie or Aladdin. They talk about how busy the streets are. And then they look and then like the camera pans out to like the street and there's like nobody there. And I'm like, hello? <laughs> like, I guess. Yeah, you would think like in, you know, the street market in Agrabah, there would be people there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because like when you were talking about how they had like the creative freedom, like I felt like that the Disney worlds were just really, really plain, mm -hmm. whereas the whereas the actual like original worlds, the original worlds like Hollow Bash and Disney Island, Traverse Town, Traverse Town, um, and the end, like I felt like those had a lot more creativity, mm -hmm. you know, because like each section was like different and. Mm -hmm. It in a sense like you had some idea of where to go, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, so I I think my least favorite world in Kingdom Hearts One was Alice in Wonderland. Like it was just too confusing, too unclear about how you're supposed to solve these puzzles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and like another thing about the puzzles, like it's not like that they were hard. It's like it's like you talk to a flower and it's like, what are you supposed to do? Mm -hmm. You know, like it's mm -hmm. just kind of like I guess. Mm -hmm. I think my favorite one was Olympus Coliseum because it was just a boss rush to me. It was just that. Okay, I never, we didn't really get into it, but Kingdom Hearts is an action RPG where, you know, you press X, you do some combos, you, you cast spells, you hope and hope that your teammates don't let you down. Well, the thing is, is that, like, the mechanics of mm -hmm. it was, was also pretty awful, too. Like, the controls were, were rough. It was rough. You know? It was the first one of its kind, so... Yeah, it, w it was really rough. Like, trying to do magic was... Oh, my gosh. Before the shortcut system. Yeah, trying to do magic, like, you're just... No. Like, if you mm -hmm. just... 
if you decide to like i guess special have sora specialized in magic like good fucking luck mm-hmm. and like the only um the only magic that you ever really needed was was heal mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. that was really it so let's uh, go back to the plot a little bit here so sora travels around all these worlds because these villains are trying to collect well the seven princesses of heart and these include <clears throat> don't know the list snow white Mm-hmm. Cinderella, mm-hmm. Aurora, mm-hmm. Belle, mm-hmm. Jasmine, mm-hmm. and Alice. Oh, and then uh, Kyrie's one was well, yes, it was the one that they were tapping into also, mm-hmm. and that was the big plot. That was the big MacGuffin. The game is hey, you know, and they were collecting these princesses of heart to open Kingdom Hearts because that was back then. You know, when they first came out, that's how you're supposed to open Kingdom Hearts. I know, right? Little did we know, there's so many different ways to open Kingdom Hearts. Well, the thing was is that they weren't opening, like, okay, like, they were opening, I believe, they needed the Seven Princesses of Heart to unlock, like, the door to darkness (laughs) to open Kingdom Hearts. Like, it it was was really complicated. Yeah, it's it's gonna get very convoluted, folks. Hold on. Yeah, like, okay, so, like, because in the first game, like, Kingdom Hearts, like, the, I, like, the concept of the Kingdom Hearts was explained, mm-hmm. but it wasn't explained at the same time. <laughs> yeah. You know? I felt like I got more confused by the answers. Yeah, like, because, like, just the way, because Kingdom Hearts 1 was such an, was an experiment, mm-hmm. they kind of had to leave, like, so many, like, there was, like, a lot of plot holes, mm-hmm. and then, like, the ending was so open-ended because they weren't entirely sure if they were going to continue the game, mm-hmm. and then, mm-hmm. lo and behold, when they actually got the okay to continue the series they're like oh shit now we gotta cover all these plot holes like mm-hmm. fuck mm-hmm. you know like it's, it's kind of like um it's kind of like um uh what is it like think of it as kingdom hearts starting off like as like a tiny little lie and then it just kind of grows bigger and then you just have to like cover patch up everything you know yeah and you're just like oh shit like it's retcon throughout retcon throughout retcon. Yeah, but it's funny because they don't retcon anything. They just they, add to it. They, I know, they just add to it. And then the plot just gets even more convoluted and bigger. And you're just like, what the fuck? So I'm going to make sure to take extensive notes trying to explain the story for the next couple of games. Trust me, don't worry, guys. I'm going to make sure this is more organized in the future. Yeah. Okay, okay so, so, yeah. Okay, so, um, what is it? So, going more through, I guess, through the plot, like, basically, at the at the very end, you fight this, um, you fight the mega boss, Ansem, and it's well, the... Well, well, hold on, let's let's talk about where the story really comes to a head in Hollow Bastion. Oh, yeah, 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 Hollow So, Hollow Bastion, Sora's defeated everyone in the Disney villains, he's made it to his final world, he meets Beast, Riku confronts him, saying, hey, dude, Sora's been in a coma this whole time, and you've been there here... Jerking around with your two new best friends. Oh yeah. Also, um, you find out that Sora was never actually the one to hold like the Keyblade. It was meant to be Riku. Yeah, it was meant to be Riku. For I for I don't think they ever really explained. Like even in the later, they series, never really explained why Riku was supposed to be the chosen one. Yes. Yeah, they, they they never really explained it. Like he, he like Riku. Oh no, they did. They did. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Uh, it, um, as we go along. Yeah, as we okay. go along. There is a reason. I Make remember. a mental note, yeah. Yeah, I, I just remember. Um, and so Riku's like, so I'm going to take Kingdom Hearts and I'm going to go save Kairi. And so and then Donald Goofy are like, see ya. <laughs> Leaving Sora along with Beast. So eventually Sora challenges Riku saying, hey, uh, you know, my, my, my strength comes from my friends. <laughs> Donald Goofy's like, yo, we're friends. I forgot. So we're going to join you now. And then after they beat Maleficent, uh, Sora finds Kyrie's body, and Riku's like, who's now possessed, possessed by this guy named Ansem. Yeah, I, oh yeah. Oh, it gets, and it gets, boy, oh my god. His name is Ansem, but he's not 
Ansem, but we're gonna get to that. Yeah. We're gonna get to that. Who's apparently been manipulating he's the real big bad guy of this mm-hmm. whole series. Yeah, he's like he's um okay, so now that we're getting into like Ansem, yeah. Like like Ansem as an enemy, like he was really, really superficial. Like he just wanted to take like why the reason why he wanted to take over like the world kind of never really made any sense. Like he just did it just to be a dick. Yeah, he wanted to know? prove that darkness was the heart's true essence. Yeah, like basically, that. like literally, that's all he wanted to do. It's kind of like like it's kind of like oh, I'm evil. Just mm-hmm. you know, I want to do evil things just because I'm evil, and it's all like. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, there was really no motivation besides mm. him being like, I want to cover the world in darkness because... I'm a dick. Not, yeah, because I'm a dick, and I like darkness, and I don't want to see the light. And I'm like, oh, I guess. So then Ansem reveals that Kyrie was in the coma because apparently... Follow me here, guys. Kyrie's heart went into Sora when Destiny's Islands fell, and so kyrie has been inside Sora's heart this whole time. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. So Sora's big idea to save Kyrie is to stab himself in the heart to release Kyrie's heart. And yeah, I mean, like, for, you know, for a... Uh, which is typical anime-like action there. Yeah, and, and to be fair, he was, like, what, like, 12? So, I yes. mean, like, what did you expect? Yes. He had, okay, to be fair, they were all sharing one brain cell, but Goofy was the only one allowed to use it, okay? So, <laughs> <laughs> so to be fair, Sora did not have the brain cell at the time, okay? Yeah. And, like, oh my gosh, like, just, and then just the entire plot of, like, the original Kingdom Hearts was just so flippin' wild. And, like, the final boss, like, you go through three different... Oh, wait, wait, hold on, we still got more, we still got more to do this. So it's just oh no bit more big plot parts. So Sora stabs himself, releases Kyrie's heart. Sora turns into a heartless, mm-hmm. but that technically shouldn't be because Sora should still have his own heart. He just released Kyrie. So why did Sora turn into a heartless? It doesn't matter. That yeah, just, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Forget about it. So Kyrie sees Sora heart, uh, heartless Sora and like, oh no, Sora, and then hugs him and like, oh, that's all it needed to restore Sora's heart that he still apparently had. I know, and I'm like, I. Guess? And believe it or not, folks, Sora turning to a Heartless is going to be a huge plot point in the future games. Oh, I know. And I'm just oh, like, no. You're just like, really? Mm-hmm. But, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Kyrie's, uh, no, Sora and company leave Kyrie behind to go confront Ansem, have the big final boss. So, here we are, the big final battle between Sora and Ansem. You want to you take it from here? Oh, yeah. So the Ansem boss... Oh, my gosh. So the Ansem boss, I think, is like um, in like a couple of stages. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's a JRPG. Of course it yes. is. And it gets it gets really anime. It's like... Okay, first, I think you fight him as like just normal Ansem. Yes. And then all of a sudden, he gets a stand. JoJo it, reference. No, yeah. That's the best way to put it. He does get a stand. Yeah. So JoJo reference for people mm-hmm. who don't know JoJo. So he gets a stand. And then after you fight him at the stand, which is one of the harder battles... He, he turns into a boat. No, he turns into a fucking battleship. That's what happens. Yes, he turns into a boat. Yeah, a boat in in space. So like a space boat, and it's it's wild. And you're just like, what the f is happening? It's so anime. Side note, I remember it took twelve year old Dan like maybe three two weekends to finally beat this boss. Dude, it took me like three weekends because I was like, I'm done. Like I can't. Like it's it's hard. And um and because like you start you fight him by yourself um. 
a couple times and then and then Donald and Goofy join you and then um and then all three of you and oh oh my gosh and then like uh, the mechanics of this fight so they so the flying mechanics and the swimming mechanics mm, oh are yeah. the same exact thing yes it is awful. it's not great people it is awful yeah. like the swimming mechanics like just thinking about the swimming mechanics in kingdom hearts one makes me want to kill myself <laughs> like it is that horrid like because you have to use yeah, I believe you have to use like different buttons to go up and down, and then like it's just it's just wild. Like it sucks. It mm-hmm. absolutely sucks, and it's terrible. And whoever thought about the swim mechanics in this game, like just, ugh, they, just they get better. They they do. They get better, but for now, if you listen to first game in the series, it's it was just it was awful. It was it was it was a fucking disaster. Okay, so Sora beats the Sora sinks Anson's battleship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Um, they came across this huge door, which is apparently this is what Kingdom Hearts is. It's a giant door. It's also a giant cloud in the sky, but we'll get to that eventually. Yeah, like for some reason, you they just end up like at in front of this door, and then like um, and then and they... Ansem's like, "Yo, I'm gonna use this door to fill my heart with darkness because that's what's inside Kingdom Hearts is darkness." Yeah, and then all of a sudden, Mickey. Uh, oh Mickey... no 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 no! I, let me no hold on. This is there's more to this. Oh. Sora's is like no. Because I believe Kingdom Hearts is light. And the door opens, and then guess what? There's light inside it, and it destroys Ansem. And then Ansem's like, what the fuck? I thought Kingdom Hearts was darkness. Yeah, and then he disappears. <laughs> yes, and then, then they go like, oh shit, we gotta close the door. Because what's, what's actually behind the door? Heartless! Darkness! What the fuck? And you're just like, wait, what? Yes. Really confusion. And then all of a sudden, like, as you're trying to close the door, like, Riku pops out now. I don't know how he got to the other side, to be fair. How did he stop being possessed by Ansem? Yeah. I just, I don't know. So anyways, so, like, Riku's on the other side, mm-hmm. and it's all like, Sora, we gotta close the door. And then all of a sudden, like... A shirtless Mickey. Mickey. Yeah. And that's actually explained later on. Yeah, it is. It's actually explained later on. You're like, I guess. And it's all like, your majesty. And it's like, you gotta close the door. You gotta close the door now. Don't worry. We have to close it on the other side. And then you see that um, Mickey also has um, a Keyblade too, which you learn later that it's the opposite Keyblade. Mm-hmm. Because like, Mickey's a Keyblade master. Yes. There, there's a long story behind that. <laughs> I mean, if you've never heard, like, if you don't know the series, but if you do, then you'll under, like, you understand, mm-hmm. but right now we're just talking about Kingdom Hearts 1. Um, so, yeah, they, they work together to close the door, Kingdom Hearts closed, the worlds that were previously restored are back to, are restored, and mm-hmm. so everything has to separate again, and then, I, I know we've been kind of bagging on Kingdom Hearts, but that final scene between Sora and Kyrie, which is like, I'll, I'll find a way to come back to you, and mm-hmm. Kyrie's like, I know you will, and then the music plays like I know, and you're just like, oh, oh, this is good. This, 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 this was all worth it. I don't know, man. I was just happy it was over. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, finally. Twelve year old me enjoyed it. Let's just say that, and I still have a nostalgia for it. Yeah, see, seventeen year old me was all, like, oh my god, finally. And then, um, and then what is it like? Um, the game 20- ends with an our, our famous, our fabulous trio on the field somewhere it's like okay so now what yeah basically it's like now what and then literally right after it it leads into well yeah then they find pluto's like hey that's something from mickey it's his notes mm-hmm. and they chase after him and then it moves on to the next, what we assumed was going to be kingdom hearts 2 yes boy we it was right. a simpler time what when we, when we talked about what to expect from a video game series mm-hmm but okay, so that's Kingdom. That's a very 
if you can follow all that, guys, we commend you. If we're if we kind of rambled a little bit, that's because we're kind of c- coming from this from memory. We're, we're almost drunk history just without the drunk parts. Oh man, that would have been so funny to do like to do like uh, a drunk history Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, drunk history. Too bad we're in public. I know, right? I mean, it's looked down upon. Yeah, that doesn't mean we can't. But this was, and that was Kingdom Hearts. And okay, so twelve-year-old me thought, like, wow, that was a lot of fun. I want to see where the story goes from here. And and after you played one, what were your final thoughts on it? Um, like after playing it once, like giving up on it and then playing it again and beating it. It was it was okay. <laughs> it was okay. It, it was okay. Um, but and okay, so it was okay. And then um, after. When I when the second time I played Kingdom Hearts one, I was like, okay, next game, let's go. And then so that's uh, when I get into Kingdom or not Kingdom Hearts two, uh, Chain of Memories. All right. So are we gonna transition to the next one? Huh? Should we transition to the next game? Yep. So that will transition us out of Kingdom Hearts, and we're gonna cue the music. And when you hear from us again, we're gonna now talk about Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. Oh boy. <laughs> Okay, so Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories came out in, let's see, it came out on America on November 7th, um, no, December 7th, 2004, so two years later, and it didn't come out on console, did it, Alma? No, it actually came out um through for the Game Boy Advance, right? Yes, yes, it came out on the Game Boy Advance at first. Yeah, so this was actually pretty weird because And it's this all, is what, and yeah, go kill yeah, yeah. Yeah, this was pretty weird because it's like, what? like... <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? It's like, wait, what? I have, and I have to buy a whole new console for this. I know, right? See, like, um, not to like promote any like you know bad things, but like, let's just say I had it, but I didn't have it. Okay. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um. So I I played a little bit of it, but I just didn't understand the card system. Yeah. So this this set a. This set a huge precedent for the, precedent for the uh, series of Kingdom Hearts, where there's a main games on console. That's fair enough. The number games are on console. However, there is a plethora of side games on various handheld consoles. Mm-hmm. And for the for the fans who want to get a complete story, boy, was this annoying. Yeah, it absolutely was because you had to get different consoles. Or different handhelds for different games, and it wasn't until like the recent years when Kingdom Hearts three was like you know finally announced to like mm-hmm. actually come out. That's when they started putting... bundling them all on one disc. Yeah, and that's what I played. Okay, I played everything on bundled um in like in the single disc for PlayStation four. So do you want to explain the uh, the game system of this one because it's a little complicated. It is. It is very. Very complicated, and the reason why I remember. I'm gonna this... like full disclosure here, guys. I never actually played this game because one, I truck and I tried it once, and I did. I was not a fan of the battle system. Yeah, so the battle system was really weird. So it, if you were used to the hack and slash of like Kingdom Hearts One, you're gonna find this one a little weird. So basically, it's based on the card system. So each cards are labeled from zero to nine, and 
it's almost like a turn base, but not turn base. So you have um, a deck that's a certain amount of cards, and then your enemy has a certain amount of cards. If you want any attacks to connect, your numbers had to be higher than than the other person's uh, card. So it's literally like card games, and it's wild because. Um, you could go through combos and whatnot, and then like your combos could be stopped if your um, if your um, enemy or the person you were you were fighting like had better cards than you. And so if there wasn't really a level system, it was kind of like almost skill based. But basically, if you had better cards, you were you just wrecked. Um, and but at the same time, in order so. The if with chain of memories, um, the the reason why there's a card system is because it kind of like ties into like the story, and you get you get more cards, but you also have to give up cards to get through certain uh, levels. So it's like okay, I guess, but they <laughs> integrated the card system with the plot, mm-hmm. and. If if you want to get into the plot, we'll get into the plot very soon. Okay. Yeah. So the so the entire card system was really mm-hmm. weird. And this is when I started to realize this is like I was fourteen now. Like this is when I started to realize, oh, we're we're not gonna get a simple story, are we? Here, it's not gonna be so easy to follow. That's, yeah. It's not. So Kingdom Hearts: Chain of Memories starts directly off where Kingdom Hearts one left off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sora, Donald, Goofy come across this big castle called Castle Oblivion. Huh. They go inside and um, they meet. Uh, okay, so they they meet up this guy dressed in a black hood, mm-hmm. who is apparently from a place called the organization. Yeah, that's, that's going to be important. Yeah, you. This is like your first. Uh, this is Sora's first uh, encounter with the organization. And like, and Castle Oblivion, mm-hmm. like I actually like the concept of Castle Oblivion because mm-hmm. it's really, really cool. Um, and I just like how mm-hmm. they they structured the plot. Mm-hmm. Like the writing for King, for Chain of Memories was actually a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, and it and it was e- much more easier to follow because mm-hmm. it's all like, okay, you start from the first level and then you keep going up. But mm-hmm. the cool thing about Kingdom Hearts chain of memories is that there's two sides to the to the story which we'll get to yes so as Sora goes further into the castle he realizes oh I'm losing my memories well it's because they tell because yeah. the guy in the hood tells you to uh, remember is to forget mm-hmm. and if if you want to remember you have to go deeper into the castle mm-hmm. and so basically the entire the entire um I guess mechanic of the of Castle Oblivion is that he has to revisit his memories. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, they're also filling with they're filled with the urge to save a person named Namine, who apparently they've known their entire life. Yeah. So and yeah, this is the introduction of Namine. Um and oh, so boy. Yeah, it's wild. Um so uh they don't like at first they're trying to like figure out who Namine is because Sora as he goes through the through the levels and like tries to reclaim like a lot of his memories back he's all like he's like I think I remember somebody there was like another girl with us and you know like he's slowly starting to remember and then um uh what you call it and then that's when uh that's when you also start to meet um Axel uh, Vexen, Vexen. Luxen, and Marluxa, who is like the main bad guy of this. I thought it was Marluxia. 
Marluxia, Mar- whatever. Yeah, Marluxia. Marluxia. Yeah. Who is like the main villain in this game. Mm-hmm. Really anime, too. He has Very, pink hair. It's super, every one of these characters is super anime. Especially yeah. Axel. Yeah, and in Lark's scene, too. Yes. Yeah, Lark's. Uh, so, yeah, they're there to, they're there to stop Sora? No, they're, they're there to kind of, they're there to stop him, but at the same time help him. Because they want his memories. No, like, they want him to, um, what you call it? Basically, um, it, it, they explain it later, like, near the end. They want Sora to forget because they, uh, they want him to forget and reconstruct his memories. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh. Like, I'm, I'm trying to, like, say it with, without getting to that part mm-hmm. because, so that way we're not jumping. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it, it makes more sense if we jump and yeah. keep going back. So... Okay, so yeah, one by one, Sora defeat, defeats his members of the organization. That's, mm-hmm. that's how they refer to it in this game. Uh-huh. Until he finally meets Anamine, and he realizes Anamine looks a lot like who? Like Kyrie. A blonde Kyrie. Yeah, literally a blonde Kyrie. And Anamine has been the one who's been manipulating his memories. Yeah, and here's the thing. Nomine is a is very special and in a way where she can basically... Uh, take memories and reconstruct them and and she explains them as like it as if they're she's breaking links of um of mm-hmm. Sora's memories and then reattaching them to other links and then like basically what what she's doing is um manipulating his memory so that way he believes that she, that he knows nominate that he's known nominate like the entirety of his life mm-hmm. when she's never existed before mm-hmm. and it, and he she explains it and it's so funny because like um through like it took it took uh sora to get through the castle like what like uh like i guess like a couple days yeah and nominee was able to uh like destroy like take apart his memories and re-put them back together and like make him think, make him remember things that he didn't actually like do, but he felt like that they were real. And then you, f- and then you find out later that the reason why she was taking apart his memories and reconstructing them was so that way the organization can use Sora um, as like their personal Keyblade, you know, wielder or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, because they needed a Keyblade wielder. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I will at this point. You don't know why. You don't know why. But they just needed him, okay? So Sora's story ends with Sora going to a sleep pod. Oh, and that's the and uh, to add on to that, mm-hmm. uh, the reason why he ends up going into like a sleep pod is because um, Namine gives Sora a choice. Mm-hmm. She says, "I can reconstruct your memories like from scratch, fr- like putting them back together from the very be like." to make sure that they're correct mm-hmm. and take out like all the other memories mm-hmm. um, that aren't per- pertinent to you. But it's going to take me about like two years to do it. So you could, so she said that you can either keep the memories that you have now, uh, like all your fake memories, mm-hmm. or you could go into like a hyperbolic space chamber and I'll fix your memories. But at the same time, you'll forget everything that happened here. Yes. But at the same time, you'll forget everything that happened here. And Sora was all like, well, I would like my memories back, so I'm gonna go in this hyperbolic space chamber. But thank you for you know being a cool, cool. Friend. We'll be friends. I promise we'll be friends when I awaken, because you know I'm a show and a protagonist. Yeah, basically, and um, 
So all of them, all um, all three of them, or all yeah. four of them, because Jimny's with them. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, all, yes. <laughs> yes. All four of them go into a hyperbolic space into the hyperbolic space chamber to go to sleep for like two years mm-hmm. okay so that's the end of Sora's part of the story but mm-hmm. here's where it came became like a interesting twist on the whole game where you get to play as riku who was also there at the exact same time as Sora. yeah he arrives like a bit later mm-hmm. and so like and so basically everything's happening side by side so at this point riku is um riku goes to castle Ends up in Castle Oblivion. After being sealed in the other side of Kingdom Hearts with King Mickey. Yes. So, and they're trying to find their way back to, like, the their actual world. So, um, Riku ends up in Castle Oblivion, and he's told that, um, what is it? He's told that uh, Sora's in the castle, okay? And so he's like, oh, shit, I gotta go find a... I gotta go find a uh, Sora, and so he goes through the castle. But at the same time, he's um he's fighting his um, I guess his dark self, the one that's still attached. Yeah, to that Ansem. that's still possessed. He's still actually possessed by Ansem. He's trying. Yeah. He's struggling with that. Yeah, he's struggling with that. Okay, so he's trying to figure out how to cope with the darkness inside of him, but at the same time, still be a decent human being. And um, and what you call it, like. You go, you go through uh, Riku's uh, story, and and I really like this part. Like, mm. um, I really like how Chain of Memories uh, characterizes Riku because in the in the first game, you really don't know too much about Riku. Other than that he's a really mopey fuck. Yes. Other. Yeah. That also, a- while Riku's also he's also fighting other members of the organization. Mm-hmm. So. Oh yeah, and then he also fights a clone of himself, which is wild. Because, because they needed they needed a clone of Riku to to antagonize Sora in his in his story, <laughs> and but they couldn't use the actual Riku because of course Riku is gonna be like no I'm not gonna antagonize my friend what the fuck's wrong with you and so they're like oh well shit <laughs> you know I guess we'll just use a copy mm-hmm. and so he fights a copy of himself and that's that's pretty wild. Um, and then he, and what you call as he fight goes through and you know fights all the organization members. He gets all the way to the top with Nomine, and then that's where you meet Diz as well. Mm-hmm. Now Diz is this was a character that like who is this guy? He's so mysterious because he's literally wrapped up in bandages. Yeah, he's wrapped up in bandages, and you don't know who who in the world. Or he belts? Is. What are you, belts or bandages? I have no idea. It's it's Final Fantasy. It's zippers. Yeah, some Final Fantasy like fashion bullshit. Anyways, so you meet um what you call it? You meet or Riku meets Nomine and um meets Nomine and uh, Diz. (coughs) Sorry. No problem. Okay, so they meet. And um, Sora's already in a hyperbolic space chamber, and Riku's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And it's like, "Listen, like we're trying to reconstruct his memories, okay? But the only problem is, is that he has to stay in this hyperbolic space chamber for two years, okay? Like, and and there's going to be like the organization's gonna continue try to find him, you know? Um, and so Riku takes it upon himself to learn the ways of the blade and protect his." best friend literally that's what happens mm-hmm. so he's like okay well you know what i'm gonna figure out oh no wait nominate offers to erase ansem's memory 
you know, from, from Riku. But Riku's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, I have to learn how to cope with it. This was my fault, so I need to figure out how to, you know, cope with it. And so instead of uh, taking Nomine's offer, he ends up leaving Castle Oblivion and learning how to cope with being with... Being Having darkness in inside of his heart, darkness. you know? And what you call it? With and, Mickey being his, like, buddy on, on, at his side. Yeah, literally, like... Him and uh, Riku and uh, Mickey are like best buddies, yeah. and they're 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 really cool together. Yeah. Um, because uh, Mickey ends up become becoming kind of like uh, I guess a father figure for Riku, and was that like, is weird to say. It yeah, is. It is, is out really, loud. It is a really. <laughs> when you think about it, it is. But like, it is, to, it's fitting though. I'll give it, it that. Because Mickey tells like Riku how to like handle the darkness in his heart and that it's okay to have darkness inside of your heart you just can't let it control you blah blah you know like just superficial stuff mm -hmm. but like that's basically the plot of King of Chain of Memories so for me Chain of Memories was when Kingdom Hearts stopped being a simple hey let's visit Disney World's and have some fun adventures to hey there's this really big story multiple parts it's gonna be really complex and this is where it starts this is where that whole complexity really begins to me yeah and um what you call it like um what i really like about chain of memories is that one it shows characterization for riku but it also oh it also kind of narrows down the plot but at the same time keeps it open oh yeah it also it, it gives us a solid idea of where the plot what the plot is but it really flushes out the rest of the world yeah like because it's like who are these organization um who are the organization members like why are they like why are they doing this what's the bigger plan mm -hmm. and then you find out that um marluxia larxene uh Axel, Vexen, Vexen, yeah. and who's the other one? Zex, uh, Zexion. Yeah, Zexion. Like they're all like, like they're all kind. They're all part of the organization, but they're like double. They're also like forming a rogue faction. Yeah, basically, they're they're uh, setting up a coup. Yeah. Uh, basically, and but you don't know what's what's really happening, and you're just like, okay, I guess. Yeah. You know. But apparently, like, they're bad guys, so... Well, in this game, at least. Mm -hmm. um, overall, like, um, I really I really did like how the story was fleshed out. The enemies themselves, like, the introduction to the organization uh, members, like, that was actually really cool. Like, their designs are really, like... No, yeah, the, the hood is a really cool design. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a really awesome design. And, like, and, like, Marluxia, Larcy, and all of them, like... I just kind of wish that they kind of expanded on who they were mm -hmm. besides, hey, these are the bad guys. You're just going to have to deal with it. And you're mm -hmm. just like, okay, fine, cool, whatever. You know? All right. So, yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> we end this game with Riku protecting the vowing to protect Sora, who is now in a coma for two years. Mm -hmm. And that brings us into the next game in this uh, in 1.5, Kingdom Hearts 358 over two days. Mm-hmm. But in timeline sequence, 358 over two days is happening exactly at the same time as Chain of Memories. Yep. Actually, no, it happens a little bit... During Chain of Memories and a little bit after. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> we'll try to explain as best as we can. So, know, yeah. you know, let's, let's, play, let's play it off and let's play the music for Kingdom Hearts 358 over two days. And we get back, we're going to move on to the next big handheld game in the Kingdom Hearts series. Pitiful mm -hmm. Heartless mindlessly collecting hearts. 
The rage of the Keyblade releases those hearts. They gather in darkness, masterless and free, until they weave together to make kingdom hearts. And when that time comes, we can truly, finally exist. Roxas, are you really sure that you don't have a heart? I don't know. I can't just look inside. But I figure, if there is something in there, inside us, then we'd feel it, wouldn't we? <laughs> True enough. September 29th, 2009, and now Nintendo DS comes to Kingdom Hearts 358 over two days. And don't worry, wait, oh sorry, it's supposed to be read as 358 days over two. 358 over two days. I used to joke around with um, when um, when I first started playing uh, the game that it was uh, 420 over uh, 69 days. Oh boy. <laughs> you know? So 10 years ago, we had our first uh, game on the DS. And okay, so Kingdom Hearts. How do we start? How do we even begin this one? This one, um, how do I, okay, so this one kind of delves into more of the organization. Okay, but to be fair, um, I play. I didn't really play. Yeah, what's what's your history with this game? Okay, so because like I stated, played the entire thing, um, or the entire series, um, on those uh. On the remasters. So with the remaster, this one wasn't um, like an actual game. They didn't remaster it. They turned it into a cinematic. Mm -hmm. So basically, um, from what I've understood, 358 over uh, two days is set up kind of like mission based. So mm -hmm. you you play as um as Roxas. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you play as Roxas, um, who at first like doesn't know his name and his name was given to him by um by Xemnas. The leader of Organizations 13. Mm -hmm. Who has a really, really nice voice, by the way. It's really nice and deep. Yes. Um <laughs> anyway. That does stuff for some people, definitely. I know, I just whew. anyways. Um he's also he's also pretty like, you know, cute yeah. in a sense. Mm -hmm. Um so uh so you start off you play as Roxas and you you go through uh, these missions, um, and one and you go through these missions with uh, with your friend Axel, okay. And same Axel from Chain of Memories. Yeah, same Axel from Chain of Memories. Okay, um, so there's a new person, or no, uh, Roxas has already been in the organization for like about a year. Okay, so he has a personality. He's you know. He's very similar to Sora, but not really. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there's a reason for that. Yeah, there there is a reason for that. Okay. Do you want to shoot this one that now? Um, I mean, yeah. So Roxas is a nobody, and that we're not insulting Roxas. That's literally what you call people without hearts. Yes, and they explain. Oh wait, no, no, wait. It's the bodies that left behind without hearts. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So basically, when somebody gets turned into a heartless, um, they another another. I guess being is created and that's a nobody. Okay. Mm -hmm. That and 
and I don't know how else to explain it. So anyway, so the you find out that the organization is made up of nobodies, okay? These are all people without hearts. Yes, okay, all, all people without hearts, okay? So um, a lot of them do retain memories from when they used to have hearts, but, you know, most of them don't. Mm-hmm. And they explain that um, in the series. And one of the more iconic, um, uh, I guess, iconic um, scenes is where um, Axel and Roxas are sitting up at this clock tower in this place called Twilight Town, where it's always in perpetual twilight. Yep. Okay. Like, um, yeah, it's always in this perpetual twilight, and they share like the sea salt ice cream uh, bar. That's where that's where the sea salt ice cream comes from. Um, so you learn that Axel and Roxas, like, or when Roxas first came into the organization, um, Axel like really wanted nothing to do with them but then they slowly started to become friends and now they're they're doing their doing regular missions for the organization yeah their mission is to always kill a bunch of heartless to release hearts yes because what they're trying to do is rebuild kingdom hearts so that way they can have hearts themselves and axel's very i mean roxas is very important because his weapon is a keyblade mm-hmm. yes and key and if, why does he have a keyblade because jumping a little bit here roxas is sora's nobody yeah, we are, yeah. Um, <laughs> when and, Sora was turned into a Heartless, that's when Roxas was born, despite only being a Heartless for like, what, five minutes? I know, right? But, I mean, it, I guess. It is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Um, and, uh, what you call it, and key, and Keyblades are the one thing that can destroy Heartless while sending their hearts up, okay? Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, um, in the in Kingdom Hearts 1 and in, uh, Chain of Memories, every time you fought a Heartless, like, their little heart goes up into the sky, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, you just, Sora thought that it's like, oh, I'm just defeating the darkness. It's like, oh, no, there's a bigger picture. And um, being a Keyblade wielder, you're, they're able to send little hearts up into the sky, okay? Um, and for a while, they didn't know what to do, uh, like, how to, do, how to get hearts up into, like, you know, whatever, to Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what, so basically that's what they're doing. They're just doing, mm-hmm. like, missions to destroy the Heartless mm-hmm. and, you know, rebuild so, Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, so Axel and Rock, Roxas and Axel continue their bromance. And eventually Axel is uh, put, pulled away in another mission at Castle Oblivion, a.k.a. the events of Chain of Memories. Yes. And at, during this time as well, they're introduced to another organization member, her, um, and her name is uh, Xion. Okay, and it's spelled X-I-O-N. So that's that's how they spell Xion. Mm-hmm. And so Roxas is all like, oh, like, why isn't she talking, blah, blah. And like, Xion reminds Roxas of how he used to be when he first started. So he befriends Xion, and okay, so here's the thing. Um, with the cinematic, they don't really get into Xion's characterization all too much, which is why, like, if you're watching the cinematic versus playing the game... AKA playing the collection. Yes. Um, Xion in, in the 1.5 and 2.5 discs, that cinematic, she seems really boring. Like, she's very bland, and, like, you just never really understand um why she's like why everyone loves her until like the very end but to be fair like they didn't do a really good characterization um when doing the cinematic because i'm pretty sure a lot of the interaction happens when they're on missions together 
Mm-hmm. You know, because like you're reading it, like because um when they're um in the cinematic when they do missions, because it goes by days, which is why it's three fifty eight over two days, um because in the in the beginning, um it's all like it's like day three hundred something, um. And then apparently like something bad happens and you're like, oh shit, what's going on? And then they start from day one and then you go through all the days to lead up to that really important event. Um, mm-hmm. And but, Xion... Yeah, eventually uh, Roxas and Xion bond over similarities because mm-hmm. apparently Xion can also use a Keyblade. Yep. And Roxas falls into a coma because of Sora's memories being altered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> I know it's it's pretty wild. And like uh Shion doesn't understand what's happening to uh to Roxas, um and Axel isn't back and it's like, oh shit, what's going on? Like it was so and like in the like before Roxas gets into a, like a coma, like um Axel, Shion and Roxas, like they all become like really like they all become best friends. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um and they all share like the sea salt ice cream together. They all go on missions together. You know, like they're like best friends. It's actually very sweet. It is. It is really sweet. And As a someone who played the games, yeah, it was a very sweet relationship between those three. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you understand why so many people like Axel because Axel is so charming. He is. He's really charming. And it, and not even that. Like all he really wants is just to have friends. Like, yes. That's really it. It's very pure. It is. It is really, really pure, and I'm just like, wow, this is this is really cute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden, you find out that Xion is isn't really a person. She's actually just a clone. A clone of who? Um, of Sora. <laughs> <laughs> She's a clone of Sora. That looks like a black-haired Kyrie. Yeah, literally. But um, uh, what you call it? So apparently, um, originally. They say that uh, Xion was born out of the out of out of the love that Sora has for Kyrie, but then later on you figure out no, she's just a clone. Like that's really it. Like she's just a clone that um, that needed to mm-hmm. to have Sora's like memories and abilities and abilities, so that way the organization can actually control mm-hmm. like. Sora. And see, they find out that he's basically an alternate for Roxas, in case he ever fails. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But apparently, they can't, they just cannot get control of Sora. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) after Sion fights Riku and fails, she finds out that it's because she exists, Sora's memories can't be fully restored. Yes. And so she makes the ultimate sacrifice of basically just disappearing from existence but just before she disappears from existence roxas um basically completely forgets about Xion, and he's all like he's all like who are you like like why am i crying because like like his body knows who Xion is but he doesn't know who she is and then she disappears and it's all like like He's just like, what am I doing here? And it's it's really sad because it's all like you spend all this time and and energy and friendship, and then only to just be forgotten. And it, and I it is super sad. It's it is it is really sad. sad. But watching the cinematic wasn't as sad because mm-hmm. it's all like I would have cared more if I knew like if they did better characterization mm-hmm. machine on. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like that with the with the cinematic. They should have elaborated more. 
mm-hmm. you know? So Roxas then goes on to this place called the World That Never Was, because anime names, mm-hmm. to stop Zenma's plan because his, to, as Shilin's last quest, it's, she doesn't rem- he doesn't remember her, but he remembers the last quest somehow. And that's when Roxas encounters Riku, who is trying to, who then tries to capture him for Diz to help resume uh, Sora's memory restoration. Yes. Also, um, at the end of Kingdom Hearts 1, the that secret movie that you see where... That's it. Yeah, that's, that's literally what it is. So, Roxas is like, I don't know who the fuck Sora is, but you need to fucking stop. Mm-hmm. And so, Riku and, Riku and Roxas start fighting because, of course... Riku wants to restore all of uh, Sora's memories, and but Roxas wants to exist. Yeah, and so it's just a, it's just, just a big conflict of interest, and it become it, it gets a heated battle where at the point where Riku uses the power of darkness, mm-hmm. which gives him great power, but also turns him into the appearance of Ansem. Yes, because darkness. Because darkness. Because <laughs> darkness. Mm-hmm. And he eventually overpowers Roxas. Yeah, eventually, yeah, and then uh, Roxas, uh, Roxas goes into this uh, state where he basically completely forgets everything that's happened um, in three fifty eight over six two. days. <laughs> You're not even getting the number. I know, right? Three fifty eight over two days. Yes. And then that's when Kingdom Hearts two starts. Yeah. So Diz inserts Roxas into a virtual simulation of Twilight Town. So that he can fix his memory, so that in the hopes that he'll eventually just choose on his own to merge with Sora. Yes. And that's what leads us into Kingdom Hearts 2. And we'll get to Kingdom Hearts 2 uh, on the next episode, so this episode is retrospective. I know, um, yeah. There, there, was a, there was a lot of talk. So there was a, there was a lot of stuff that, that happened in this game, and a lot of important stuff, actually, because you, you understood more than member, the organization, organization's. Um, motivations you mm-hmm. get an idea of who they are you get to understand more of the world and its rules of nobody's heartless how memories work yeah and also um 358 over two days also um adds a like there's like little details and one of the biggest details is that you find out that uh what you call that the that the entire organization's mission was actually, it's not actually their real mission. So basically, you learn from Zigbar that their leader, Zemnis, is not who they think they are. Um, and Zigbar basically, like, basically says that Zemnis is, that where Zemnis goes, um, Hold on, let me. Back <laughs> I try to. I know. Try, I'm trying. You're to, trying to follow it. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to follow it. So basically, um, in three fifty eight over two days, um, like there's little snippets where you see Zemnis sitting in a room, okay, in a in a pure white room with all the like the nobody symbols or whatever, you know, and I forgot what the room was called, but like you later find out like that you later find out that this room is really really important and zigbar tells axel and roxas that well apparently zemnis is looking for another room that's just like the one that he is that the basically it's the same one that he goes into but it's like the opposite i think it's like the chamber of awakening and then there's mm-hmm. like a chamber of sleeping or some shit like that like it's it's wild. Mm-hmm. So you you kind of like see the overall 
plot of what the yeah this is your first exposure to the overall plot of the entire games series and then like you kind of see that that there's that the organization actually has bigger plans Mm -hmm. and that their actual plan isn't reawakening kingdom hearts Mm -hmm. it's actually looking for these two rooms because there's a uh, what you call it. So I believe in 358 over two days, you see Zemnis go down um, into the chamber, um, and then he sits down, and right across from him is um, is like a pile of armor. You don't know what this armor is, but apparently it's really important. Mm-hmm. So because he sits down and he's like, oh, it's been a while, my old friend, and then you're just like, what? Mm-hmm. And. <sighs> And so, yeah, and Zemnis is looking for the the other room, which apparently contains something really, really important. And you're just like, what the fuck's going on? That, see, that's a recurring theme throughout all these games. Yeah, based, because they th- because like as the series goes series goes on, like they throw so much at you, and if you're not paying attention, you can miss little details. Even if you are paying attention, yeah. you can miss little details. Yeah, and then but this. But because there's so many details, which I believe, um, because there's so many details, which is why I think Kingdom Hearts was as long as it was, Mm -hmm. but I felt like it was kind of short, but then they they do wrap up the entire thing. That's Mm -hmm. what I really like about the Kingdom Hearts series as Mm -hmm. a whole. It does wrap up Mm -hmm. nicely. So overall, these three games, they're a great... It's a good way. To, it is a definitely a good way to get introduced to this series, of course, because it is the first game series, the first handheld game, spinoff game in the series, and a really important plot in the series. Yeah, and um, the first one may be really, really rocky, but if you do want to get into the Kingdom Hearts series, I do recommend powering through mm. uh, the first one and then getting into the to Chain of Memories and then watching the three five eight over two days because. To be fair, like the writing does get better. Yes, it really, really does. It doesn't get any less confusing, but it's still very engaging. Mm-hmm. It is. It's super duper engaging, and it's just like, it's it's nice because because the because the writing does uh gets away from like the the campy cheesiness and starts to delve into more deeper stuff yeah. or not i mean like i mean as deep as a disney game can yeah. get yeah you know but it's it's really nice mm-hmm. and and honestly 358 over six days that's that was the i guess cinematic still the wrong number i know right <laughs> Three why did you do the number six i don't know i really really don't know <laughs> i don't i guess it just sounds nice next to 358 i don't know it just sounds nice i guess I guess. All right. So next episode, we'll be covering 2.5 collection, which is Kingdom Hearts 2, um, Birth by Sleep, and Recoded. Yes. And yeah, look forward to that. So Alma, where can uh, our listeners find you? Oh, well, I have... Man, they can find me on Twitter. At, okay. At, at, uh, at 2LoveAruru. That's two, two underscore not like T O underscore L O V E underscore A R U R U. Okay. Um, they could also find me on Instagram as Maobia. Um, let's see. I don't post too much 
on uh on my in, on my instagram but i also have um my um my twitch instagram which i also don't post too much on there as well um which is maobia with two a's dot tv and that's your and that's also your twitch channel oh yeah um yeah my twitch channel is also um maobia so that's twitch.tv slash maobia yeah i don't stream too much but i'm getting there i'm getting there guys okay yeah. just, just be patient with hopefully me. by the time this episode is out she's back to regular streaming we'll, i hope we'll, so we'll see yeah i just have to get a computer and you'll find and you can find me on um on facebook the perpetual player one instagram the perpetual player one on twitter perpetual player because of the character limits on the usernames thank you very mm-hmm. much and you can find me streaming on a regular basis on twitch.tv slash Player one I'm nothing but consistent, folks. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for listening to the first episode of this Kingdom Hearts retrospective. I hope we didn't confuse you too much. I hope we weren't rambling too much. But hey, you know, it's the first episode. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna learn through this, that's for sure. Yes, I mean, we're going to be rambling a lot because um, Daniel hasn't played, uh, hasn't played recently. I guess the most recent game was like, what? Three. Yeah, and for me, I played, I binge played the entire thing just a couple or several months ago. So mm-hmm. a lot of this is still fresh in my mind. Mm-hmm. Is, is there something, is there a plot point for we, we were like bad at talk to miss out on? You can email me or is there something like something that we missed or something we got incorrect? Please email and be nice about it, guys. <laughs> you can email us at ngpluspodcast at gmail.com. That's ng plus, as in the name, the the word plus podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I hope to do a, a lot more. Of if this. you can also send us notes on the better way to recap the, the plots, please let me know because I've been reading off Wikipedia. <laughs> oh, I've been like, like I was like looking through like my bullet points because there's just there was just things I wanted to I wanted to talk about and like other things that like I just kind of completely forgot. And I'm just like, hmm. And like other things where I'm just like, was it in this game or was it in another game? Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you on the next retrospective. You also see Alma on the same ep- on this next episode in this series. Well, I hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suddenly, I drop Alma from the next couple of episodes from the next couple of retrospectives. Wouldn't that be a dick move? That would be, and then I'd just be like, just super, th- super mad. Yeah. No, I just like be sending you, be like, why? <laughs> but like. So, this is the Perpetual Player One, your man Dan, signing off. Thanks for listening, guys, and have enjoyed the week. I love you.